0: what's going on everybody it is jason jaybird goldstein here for an nfl divisional round recap episode of the birds eye view and honestly like this divisional round was like the best divisional round playoff i've ever seen like in terms of every single game being good like the best overall quality of football weekend i think possibly ever you know Maybe I'm trying to think if there's been a conference championship weekend that's had two back to back weekends that's had back to back games, but like four games, four walk offs, absolute craziness. I mean, every game, you know, three of the games ended on game winning field goals, the fourth one ended on an overtime touchdown. Although, you know, without some controversy, we're going to talk about them when we get there. And I was like, this episode, this episode is NFL. Only, obviously college football has come to an end, we're not going to touch on my New York Knicks, we're not going to touch on college basketball, uh, we're just going to talk NFL football, just classic NFL, uh, recapping all these games, all these really exciting games, I mean yesterday alone, yesterday may have, probably, I can't think of a year, it's even a conference championship Sunday with two games that were better than the two games we saw yesterday, I mean those two games were instant classics. And just wow! Let's 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 start off talking about Kansas City versus Buffalo, and like this game itself, like I, I think many, I think a lot of people here will will say that Kansas City Buffalo was one of the best games, if not the best game they've ever seen. I'll tell you what that I'll tell you what. Those final two minutes, those were easily the the best final two minutes I've ever seen in a football game. I mean, you had Josh Allen getting that touchdown on fourth down. You had Kansas City, the big play with Tyreek Hill. Then Josh Allen leads Buffalo downfield again. 13 seconds left, Bills take the lead. Everyone thinks Bills win. 13 seconds, too much time for Patty Mahomes. Chiefs drive down the field, they tie it. I mean, what, it was 25 points in the final two minutes? I mean, it was insane. Gabriel Davis had the game of his life. Four touchdowns. And for the, like, e- either way, you knew this game. One team, it was going an to end in a heartbreak for one team. And it sucks that, like, that, w- that the Bills didn't even get a possession in overtime because of these overtime rules. Now, I'm going to get into the overtime rules a little later in this game. But just, like, just, like, let's just talk about this game, like, you, that was the best final two minutes, like I've said. I can't think of any more wild, wilder final two minutes. The thing that comes close is that 49ers Saints game all the way back in 2011. I and mean, on that fourth to last drive now, I guess, Josh Allen had two fourth down conversions, including the touchdown of Gabriel Davis. That, like, you know, they don't get that. That's game over. And, like, you just knew. Like,. One of those game, one of these teams is gonna have their season end in heartbreak. You know, for Kansas City, you had, oh my God, we got a field goal with thirteen seconds left. You know, oh my God, the Tyree kill play with Buffalo's fourth down conversions with Buffalo that drive with thirteen seconds left. You know, no matter who loses that game, it's gonna say we had all this happen and still lost. Just unbelievable. We got treated an instant classic. And look, I mean, probably. Yeah, Ken, yeah. Tennessee had the one seed, and yeah, Tennessee beat, beat both Buffalo and Kansas City, but I think most people thought these were the two best teams in the AFC coming into the divisional round, and honestly, coming into the postseason, and like at that point, you had the Niners advancing, the Rams advancing, and uh, the Bengals advancing. At that point, the, those two teams were probably the two best teams in the NFL left, uh, A game that, you know, everyone kind of wish was the AFC championship. But, like, who cares? That game was... Like, you don't care what round it got played in. Just be happy that game was played. Uh, I mean, just, like, I mean, Gabriel Davis. Like, those numbers, eight catches, 201 yards, four touchdowns. He just went Godmo. Like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like, this game, man. I mean, this game was just freaking, freaking Fantastic all throughout and it kind of sucked that it ended the way it did So he got to the point where look I bet the over in this game I didn't really care who won the game because I liked both these teams it was just an exciting back and forth game but at that point I was ready for Kansas City to get that field goal because I won on Josh Allen with a chance to win the game Josh Allen with the ball in his hands with a chance to win the game whether he won it or not remains to be seen but that's my issue with these NFL overtimes Look, I, I don't think that we should be adapting the college rules into the NFL because I think you're giving both teams a chance to start from the 25-yard line. I just – I don't like that in the NFL. You know, you can talk me in even further back, the 50-yard line, uh, one of the 40-yard lines. I honestly think the way the NFL should do it is either add an extra quarter, that's, you know, 8 minutes, 10 minutes, and have them play it out from there, or simple, or just simply have it be one team gets – each each team gets one possession – after that one possession, it's sudden death. Yeah, you can say, oh, touchdown, touchdown. Oh, they need to get a chance to go back on the field. But at that point, if your defense can't get back, can't get stopped twice in overtime on um, back-to-back drives, like, you kind of deserve to lose that game. Uh, and, yeah, I know you can make that case. Oh, well, the Bills should have left the field goal with 13 seconds left. Like, I don't know. Overtime feels different. I think the NFL has to take a look at the NFL overtime rules this offseason and at least consider making a change so team, so this doesn't happen. Because it's not fair for the Bills to not get the ball back and not have a chance to win it. None of Not have one chance to win it in this game. That's what kind of sucked. Look, don't adapt college. If you ask, would you rather have college or the NFL rules, I'd say keep the NFL rules, the NFL rules, and the college rules, the college rules. You know, NFL can do some form of that, but I'm not sure. Uh, and for Kansas City, like, The defense this game looked like the defense of the early season, not the defense on that winning streak. I mean, this was against an electric Bills offense. But you had Pat Mahomes. Patty Mahomes looking like Patrick Mahomes, the guy that we've seen uh, throughout his career, the guy that we hadn't seen much of this season, uh, just, you know, through these casual 300-yard, three touchdown four touchdown games from him. You know, that first drive, he was doing it all with his legs. You know, the Bills, I mean, they had a huge run. That Janouma's 35-yard run, uh, just awesome, man. I mean, this game really, really was incredible. I mean, Pat Mahomes, man, he's special. Tyreek Hill is special. This team's not going to their fourth consecutive AFC championship game that they're hosting. They're going to go to the third straight Super Bowl against the Bengals. Truly special, man. Uh, congrats to Mahomes. He looks back. And poor Bills. Second year in a row, they lose to Kansas City. You know, I saw a picture from Warren Sharp that it was 364 days ago to yesterday when the Bills beat, when the Bills lost to the Chiefs. And there's that picture of Stefan Diggs just staring at the confetti of the Chiefs celebrating winning the AFC. You know, they had all this time to think about it and they were so close. You know, that's Buffalo's game plan. Kansas City has not won the AFC. Two of the, a good chance it'll be three years in a row. You know, Buffalo, they, they, try, they built their team to try to beat Kansas City, and they're going to go right back to the drawing board next year. I mean, look, Brian Dable's gone. Uh, whether it's the Giants or not, Brian Dable is going to be gone. Uh, you know, he's in New York right now, actually. He's adding a second interview today, so that's big news. Big news on the Giants. I'm actually going to talk about the Giants coaching search at the end of this episode. Uh, but I just felt bad for them getting completely screwed over by the NFL overtime rules, and this is just tough. This is just really, really tough for Bills fans to swallow. But overall, like we got treated to a great game. And we all knew that game was the game of the year. But before that game... We all thought that the Rams and the Buccaneers was going to be the game of the year. You know, Matt Stafford and the Rams, they come out rolling. I mean, Stafford's hitting OBJ, Stafford's hitting Cooper Cup, and they're scoring. The defense is getting after Brady. They're not allowing the Tampa Bay offense to create any big plays. Jalen Ramsey's kind of taking Mike Evans out of the game. You know, Gronk is making an impact, but that's about it. Clearly missing Godwin. Clearly missing Worfs, Clearly missing someone like Antonio Brown. And this game is 27-3. And like, you know, it's one short one short of being that infamous 28-3 lead that we all know so much about. Uh, but like, regardless, nearly ended up being the exact same thing. Uh, it was just like... I mean, this game was so so weird. Like, you think you think that this is going to happen multiple times. Any you kept thinking, okay, there, there was 14 minutes left in the qu- in that fourth quarter. Brady gets the ball back, and you're thinking, uh-oh, is Tom Brady about to do this? He fumbles, and you think, okay, whatever, I guess not. Then the Rams had that crazy fumble that happens, and all of a sudden, Bucks get the ball, good field position, down 14, and it really begins. People on Twitter really begin to say. Oh my God! No way! Brady's gonna do this. Bucks are gonna do this. They have the three and out with that unnecessary roughness penalty on fourth down. Which personally, I think if you know there's unnecessary roughness and there's a hit like that on fourth down, I personally think that team should be awarded the first down because in a way it's sort of a part of the play, a little different from taunting, but like that's neither here nor there. Uh, And after that, you know, Rams get the ball back. Feels like the Rams are gonna win the game. They miss a field goal. Bucks get the ball back. They give the ball back, and here we go. It seems like the game is finally over for the for the Buccaneers. You know, following that Matt game is field goal, the Bucks still can't capitalize, and now the Rams are up fourteen. They punt the ball back, but at this point, there's like three minutes left. The Bucks, you know, at this point, it's over. But Jalen Ramsey gets burnt by Mike Evans. Mike Evans scores a touchdown. Okay, and Bucks, all they need is one stop. But they get more than just a stop. When Cam Akers fumbles the football, puts it on the ground. You know, for Cam Akers coming back from that torn Achilles, everyone thought about it was such an amazing story. But he comes has that gigantic, gigantic fumble. And, of course, Tom Brady's going to do what Tom Brady does, and he ties this football game up and is stunned, stunned. Tampa Bay has all the momentum. The crowd is roaring. The Bucs have come all the way back. They have all the momentum, and it was just wow. Well, like, how did this happen? Um, what a game. This is Tom Brady. It's never doubt against Tom Brady in the playoffs. That's, that's what the storyline begins to feel. And then Matt Stafford says, you know, no. I'm, you guys are forgetting about me. You know, yeah, I haven't won these playoff games, but this was me when I was with the Lions. So Stafford delivers a deep, beautiful throw to Cooper Cup. You know, he doesn't choke this game away in the face of pressure with all the momentum against them. He throws a dime, a bomb, setting the Rams up for a game-winning Gay field goal, and the Los Angeles Rams win. They escape Tampa Bay with a victory after nearly choking what would have been one of the most epic collapses in NFL playoff history, and like, what a fucking game. What a fucking game. That's all I can say. I'm like, this game, you kept thinking, just when they're out, they pull me right back in. Insanity. So entertaining. And I just one, like, today, yesterday was one of those days. I'm like, I truly feel bad for anybody who doesn't like football because those two games were just, just wow, man. They really were. And like, I love this sport so much. Uh, One thing I want to say, you know, there was some talk about Tom Brady retiring. Mentioning there's some rumors about it before the game. I don't think Tom Brady's going to retire. Yeah, the dude just had a big, big season. Forty-five touchdowns. Still looks in incredible shape. He's he's repeatedly expressed a desire to play till fifty. And I think as long as he doesn't have a drop off like a Manning or a Big Ben did. Uh, Then he would want to play until 50. Uh, You know, personally, like, especially when Tom Brady, that dude is crazy. That dude is driven by revenge. He's, you know, he's kind of like Jordan, where, and I took that personally. Losing this game the way they did, coming all the way back, and then Cooper Cup doing that, and Matt Stafford doing that. Yeah. Tom Brady is angry. He's going to come back for another season, and the Buccaneers are going to be right back to being a Super Bowl contender next season. I think Brady still has another few years left, if we're being honest. And now we're going to move on. You know, Tom Brady, a quarterback he gets compared to so often is Aaron Rodgers. Now, personally, I never thought you could even compare Brady and Rodgers in terms of legacy But Packers fans and Stephen A. Smith would say, oh, but he's more talented, oh, but he's more talented, oh, but he's more talented. Well, guess what? Aaron Rodgers, uh, who you guys all say is one of the most talented quarterbacks of all time, won won Super Bowl ring in 2010. Since that Super Bowl ring, he is 7-9 in the postseason, just an 11-10 record overall, and, like, four of those came in that Super Bowl season. This one... This loss to the 49ers as the one seed against Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, this is the most embarrassing loss that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have had in the postseason since they were 15-1 and lost 37-20 to to the New York Giants back during our glory days. I mean, Jimmy G had never played in a game below 40 degrees. Didn't matter. You know, Rodgers, you know, part of the reason you think, Oh, Lambeau, we have the home field advantage. You know, they don't know these playoff, these winter conditions. Looks like Aaron Rodgers had never played a game in Lambeau Field before. He looked absolutely horrible, and like yeah, I get snow football is not supposed to be like easy, and that cold, that cold of football. But Rodgers has experience playing in that weather. They're in San Francisco. They don't. Jimmy G was with the Patriots. Yeah, when the he wasn't playing games with the Patriots in this kind of weather. When he was, when he had those those four games with the Patriots or those three games, he was starting in September when it's still 60, 70 degrees out. I don't know, I'm pretty sure one of those games was in Miami too. Uh, yeah, yeah, when they won those playoff back when they won the playoffs a few years ago, they were the one seed. Uh, I should know, yeah, they they, were they the one seed when they I don't remember if they were the one seed, but regardless, the game was not that cold where they beat the Packers. And yeah, like, there's just no excuse. You had a bye week, you had the time to prepare, and you held this team to outside the end zone. This team did not score one touchdown offensively, and you still lose this game, and yeah. Look, special teams for the Packers was horrible. They was the the missed the field goal. They got blocked right before set the second half. The block punt that resulted in a touchdown. The four nine's return in the opening kick, setting them up really well. But at the end of the day, this game falls on Aaron Rodgers' shoulders. You are the MVP. You are a guy that all you talked about is how great you are. Hey, you're one of the best quarterbacks of all time. You posted yourself. This was like gonna be like the last dance. And instead, you come out, you you don't get a touch, you don't throw one touchdown, you don't get in the end zone, Aaron Rodgers. That is embarrassing. Special teams screwed you guys over, but not as much as he did. He Aaron Rodgers should not be scoring only ten points in the NFL playoffs against the San Francisco 49ers, who granted to have a great defense, but that was I mean that was just awful. He was never in rhythm, and the Packers. This is such an embarrassing loss. The NFC, you know. It, was clear, it seemed clearly theirs this year. The Buccaneers were without a lot of guys because of injury. It seemed like this was the Packers' year, and once again, they choke. Absolute choke job by the Green Bay Packers. And it's, it's happened every year. It's happened pretty much every single year with this team. Oh, and you know, some of the special teams issues I didn't even mention on that final kick. They only had 10 guys on the field. And now we don't know uh, like what the future holds for Aaron Rodgers. I don't think I don't think he's back in Green Bay. You know, he said they said he's going to take time to mull over his future. I think Aaron Rodgers has already played his last game as the Packer as, as a Packer. Look, there were there are rumors that okay, you know, things are going well this season, he might want to be back. But he's not going to take I'm sure he's going to shoulder some of the blame for this loss. He should if he doesn't, he's clearly a delusional guy. But after another failure and this one I can't imagine Rodgers comes back in Green Bay. And there's a chance. Like, I can literally see him retiring, honestly, after this. Who knows? Uh, Will he go somewhere? But I just think that Rodgers is done. And I want to say this is a quick testament to Kyle Shanahan. Just, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is not a good quarterback. He's just average. But here they are for the second time in three years. They're in the NFC Championship game. He's built an incredibly strong foundation. And, like, look. They are motioning Trent Williams a lot this game. It's so genius. He continues to be one of the NFL's smartest offensive coaches. And, like, if Trey Lance is what they think he can be, oh, boy, watch out. And now the last game of the wild Card weekend. Well, the first game, but the last game I'm getting to. The Bengals and the Titans. How about the Bengals, man? They're on the AFC Championship game, Ohio's team. That's right. But Browns are not Ohio's team. Burrow's offensive line, they were it was horrible. You know, it was making my friend Tim, who kept saying they should take in Sewell, actually look right. Until Jamar Chase balled out also. Nine sacks. And you know what? He was resilient. He was tough. He fought back with his yardage, just being gritty and tough. Joe Burrow just played excellent this game. Yeah, he didn't have the touchdown, but he still got in and fought hard. Uh, well, Tannehill, Tannehill is the guy. Ryan Tannehill is who we thought he was. Look, he had those two great years. But his offensive coordinators were Matt LaFleur and Arthur Smith. Actually, I don't even think one of them were Matt LaFleur. I think it was just Arthur Smith, if I'm not mistaken. And Arthur Smith was a great offensive coordinator for the Titans. You know, he honestly was great in that offense. But now we've seen the real Tannehill. And like we know he's mediocre. An absolutely mediocre quarterback. Uh, just not very good at the end of the day. Like that's that's kind of where we're at. With Ryan Tannehill. I mean, the, the Titans. Like the Titans are a team you can see legitimately trying to get Aaron Rodgers in the offseason. Because I think they, they can't win a Super Bowl with Tannehill. Uh Henry, it's clear he wasn't fully healthy. 20 carries, only 62 yards. Credit, though, you know, they're not. Bengals, their defense, had a hell of a game plan for him, really limiting him. Just not letting him do stuff. And Evan McPherson. Evan McPherson, the hero in this game. Absolutely just amazing. The rookie kicker. Uh, He's just been a stud all year for this Bengals team. Congrats. And we get an exciting championship series. So first off, we're going to have the Chiefs and the Bengals. A rematch of a really exciting game in which the Bengals won in thrilling fashion, coming back a game which Jamar Chase went off, securing multiple people fantasy football championships, including securing me second place. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for this. Uh, I think the Bengals will could keep up with Kansas City. Uh, you saw the big plays that the, the big plays the Bills were able to get against them. Um, you know the Bengals are hoping they can get that again with Jamar Chase, hoping they can get that again with T. Higgins. But right now, Kansas City—they are rolling. They are looking like the Kansas City team that we've gotten to no know over the last few seasons. In the end, right now, I'm feeling that like the Kansas City Chiefs are going to beat the Bengals and go to the Super Bowl. And then I'm also thinking that the Rams are going to win the in the AFC or excuse me in the NFC. You know, these two teams exceptionally well coached. McVay and Shanahan, two of the most creative offensive minds in football. I think it's going to be a close game. But in the end, I just don't don't think the Niners are going to beat the Rams three times in the season. I think the Rams are finally going to get over the hump. Stafford, you know, he's gotten over those playoff demons. He's playing really well right now. I think that this game then Rams e got a victory over the Niners we get a Rams versus Chiefs Super Bowl a rematch of what was one of the best games best regular season games I've ever watched a couple years ago but it'll be tough like excuse me they're going to have Matt Stafford in the Super Bowl it's just crazy uh, anyways that's it so you know we we're talking about winning teams and good teams and playoff teams now we're going to talk about my New York Giants quickly I'm not going to sit and talk way too much about it. You know, I went live on Instagram, uh, on my main Instagram account, my jgold 514 account on Tuesday. So I actually have that posted where I reacted to Joe Shane becoming the Giants' new GM. And I love it. I'm really happy about the move. Really thrilled. So obviously Shane, he was the top candidate on the market. I think most teams wanted him. You know, it came down to him, Adam Peters, Ryan Poles. And in the end, the Giants, if they got either one of those guys, I would have been thrilled. And, and the big thing for them is, like, Shane, you you can't come in and guarantee Joe Shane's going to be a great GM, although he's highly regarded in many NFL circles, not just within Buffalo. It seems that many NFL executives are really praising the Giants further higher, which is great to see that. Other NFL circles are seeing that we're doing this. But it's also the process. You know, there was a huge fear. And I was, a, I was fully convinced Kevin Abrams was going to be the next GM of this football team. People really thought the Giants were going to go inside the organization, more family ties, and a higher GM. But they didn't. No, the Giants decided to actually go outside the organization here, and they with everyone they interviewed before settling on Shane. And I can't wait for Joe Shane to come in. Just you know, he was Brandon Bean's right hand man in a Buffalo when Brandon Bean built this thing up. Uh, coming with him really from that beginning, so there's a lot of a lot of hype around this guy. Uh, and again, I can't stress enough, it's the process. The process of how we went about searching for a GM this offseason instead of just, you know, how we in 2018 they, they did a fake search and really just hired gentleman because they knew they wanted their friend. So credit to Mara and Tish for actually listening to the people and doing that. Uh, I'm excited. Really looking forward to seeing what Joe Shane does when he's getting started. And now, you know, seeing who we've, obviously the first thing he's going to do is hire a head coach. The favorites, Dable. Yeah, obviously, that's the guy I want. Dable and Shane have that connection from Buffalo. And you just saw Dable, the way he led that Buffalo offense all season long. And even though they lost to the Chiefs, you know, coached a great game. There, there, there's a good chance Dable becomes the head coach of the Giants by the end of the week. Obviously, there's other names out there. There's Brian Flores. A lot of people have linked him to the Giants. Uh, Dan Quinn, I know he's in an interview. You know, surprisingly, the Bengals defensive coordinator actually has an interview schedule with us. So, you know, Patrick Graham, too. I think Patrick Graham is more just, you know, putting a feel out there. Uh, Having him and Shane get to know each other. I don't think he's actually a legit candidate for the head coach. In my opinion, it's probably going to come down to Flores versus uh, Dable. And my big thing with Flores is, look, he's a great head coach. He's accomplished. But I want offense. The Giants offense has been so bad lately. And, like, Dable, whether he's the best head coach or not remains to be seen. never know how he's going to be as a head coach. But I think without a doubt, he's the best play caller available. And, look, this is, if we want experience, they like get the Giants by want experience, and that's why you go with a guy like Flores. You go with a guy like Dan Quinn. Uh, my opinion, you know, I think another guy they can go with, uh, I'm trying to think of another guy that may, on defense. That's or, Not defense, on offense with experience, Doug Peterson. I know a lot of people don't like that move. Uh, you know, that they haven't been linked to him or whatever. That's just one thing that I've seen, you know, that I've seen some people say suggest as a candidate. And I wouldn't mind it. I know Giants fans hate him because they believe he screwed us over. But guess what? We won six games and like we actually convinced ourselves we were a playoff team. We were not a playoff team. Uh, his last year with the Eagles was handled very poorly, but also he got heavily scapegoated. He's like he's he's not a bad coach. He obviously won a Super Bowl, pretty good advanced offensive mind, decent play caller, and has the riskiness that we didn't see from Joe. I <coughs> didn't see from Joe Judge. Either way, I'm sure I'll have an episode or at least an Instagram live coming out about who the Giants hires their head coach. And that's it. Like I said, this was a heavy NFL episode, heavily discussing the end of the divisional round, which was the best round I've ever seen. And just you know, give my quick Super Bowl picks. So, again, I want to thank everybody who supported the podcast thus far. Remember, go follow JBirdsEyeView on Twitter for all my latest live reactions to games and uh, just, you know, the latest news as well. Go follow the BirdsEyeView podcast on Instagram for all my latest episode releases. Thank you, everybody, and have a great rest of your day.